Welcome to the Cold Steel Surgical Podcast with your hosts, Amir Farouk and Chad Ball. Uh, Dr. Jones, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Queen's General Surgery Residency Program and what makes it unique? Well, thank you very much for having me today. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. So the Queen's Residency Program is like many other programs in that um, it's five years with uh, CBD. I think the one thing that we can say about Queen's is that we are a little ahead of the curve in uh, in competency-based medical education you know, we sort of came to it first. And so all of our residents have gone through now. Um, And uh, I can't say that we're a very well-oiled machine, but uh, I think think we're getting there. And I think we're ahead of the curve in the way that we look at our resident assessment. So I I think that's that's sort of one one thing that we can say about a residency program that maybe is uh, a little bit different from others in that we really have got that assessment piece and the flow through um, going well. So as I said, it's a, a five-year program. Um, our first year in general surgery is uh, a very uh, standardized in that we have exposure to general surgery, we have exposure to emergency medicine, and some people say, well, why do you do that? And we do that because that really teaches the junior residents how to know the system, how to order those tests in emergency, and how to uh, and, and, and also to meet people, which is really important because emergency is our big, big through flow. Um, as it is with everybody. Then uh, in the first year, you'll also have some exposure to our Oshawa site, which is our community uh, general surgery rotation. That's a, also a fantastic experience as a junior resident because you're there basically on your own with very few other learners. So you get to run the service, your first assist in the operating room. And by the time you've done your first block there, you're getting comfortable with putting in port sites and maybe opening... Um, at the laparotomy incision. Your second, and and so as you move through your first year, you also do vascular surgery, which you need exposure to, transference of technical skills and uh, looking after sick patients. Your second year is uh, when you really start to see more general surgery. Um, we like to start you off uh, in general surgery with your exposure to the different clinical teaching units of which we have um, uh, four. Uh, so one, two, three, and four. One is colorectal, two, hepatobiliary, three is oncology and pediatric surgery, four is our acute care service. And then we do have uh, six, two, can't count, obviously, which is our bariatric program. And uh, we start you off with exposure to those services in your second year, almost as a second round, because you will have seen some of them in your first year. Um, this is very important because by the middle of your second year, you will be transitioning from taking junior call to senior call. This is very uh, early in your career. It's a very early transition of responsibility. And the reason that we have chosen to do this and shifted it a little bit earlier in our program this year is because we really like to see our residents starting to operate early to start to gain that independence that they need as they move through the program. And also, as I mentioned earlier on, it likes us to, it gives us a good assessment of your skills and where we might need to tweak things, which is really uh, important. 
Third, fourth, and fifth year is uh, sort of graduated responsibility through general surgery. In your fourth year, you get uh, your elective time. And in your chief year, we try, uh, and in fact, for the most part, you do rotate through every service. So I think that's our program in a nutshell. Um, you also have exposure to thoracic surgery. Um, you have exposure to trauma as trauma team captain. And as with many other programs, we have a significant amount of simulation now. Um, and we also have a trauma cadaveric lab. Fantastic. So program in a nutshell. Fantastic. You know, one of the, some of the things that I've noticed, I think our strengths about the program are uh, it's a relatively small uh, program and it's a very tight knit group of people. Um, I think the fact that, you know, you rotate through the, you know, there's basically two main hospitals, one ambulatory site and the, then the acute uh, or the, the main tertiary kind of care center at KGH. Um, I think that's kind of a unique setup in that, you know, you really get to know everybody. Uh, as you say, you get to build relationships. Like, you know, you walk around with Z, who's one of the chief residents here, and there's basically nobody in the hospital who he doesn't know. Um, can you tell us, you know, besides uh, some of the things that I've noticed, what do you think are really some of the strengths of the Queen's General Surgery Program in your mind? Uh, I think you've alluded to it. Um, there are about 20 residents in the program at one time. That doesn't mean that there's 20 residents clinically active because some residents will step out to do um, clinical investigator program or other um, PhDs or masters. So I would say on average, there's about um, 16 to 18 residents in the program clinically active. There are 13 faculty. So that's a very strong uh, faculty to resident ratio. And as you said, you meet the faculty on day one and you see them throughout your residency um, because when you're covering the acute care service, uh, which you do whatever service you're on in general surgery, um, you will come across uh, different, the same faculty. So every time you take, you're on the acute care service and covering call, you'll meet those, those faculty. One of those 13 will be the people that you meet. And so you're seeing those, those uh, same faculty throughout, throughout your training. And because of that, they get to know your skills, they get to know the level that you're at, and they get to know what you need to succeed. So not only do you have a mentor within the program, but every one of those faculty is also your mentor because they see you all the time. I think that's the biggest strength to our program. The other strength to our program, I think, is the as I mentioned earlier, our assessment process and uh, really tweaking that. Um, the other two strengths to our program is that we've demonstrated over the last few years that we're very receptive to feedback. Um, and I think that when a general surgery residents look, look at what they want as a, a good training program, they want a few things. They want to know that you have volume, that you are going to have enough operative experience and we do that because again, it's that spiral curriculum, right? You start and you move right through and you, 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 you go through the same clinical teaching units and you meet the same people. So you're always being exposed. You want to know that the program is responsive to change, change not only at the request of the resident and the faculty, but also the request of the environment, right? So you want to know that we're looking at everything that's going on around us. I think we do that well. And 
what the resident also wants to know is that they're going to fit in. They're going to fit into the program. Um, and I think we do a good job of that in our interview process and in our selection process. And then once you're, once you're within our program, the residents will certainly say that this becomes home. And I think that's very important. Yeah, and, and, and an editorial note, I know that you are incredibly hardworking and, and uh, take a lot of interest and, you know, review all the residents' uh, progress really in detail and really, like, really get granular with trying to help someone with their whatever their specific needs are. So um, I'll make that, that uh, editorial comment on my own. What do typically graduates do uh, after graduating from Queen's uh, uh, do they... Uh, most of them go on to do fellowship or community practice or a bit of a mix. What what do people usually go on to do? Uh, it's a mix for sure. Um, I think as as I mentioned, changing landscapes me landscapes mean that more residents are doing fellowships. Uh, more residents are doing fellowships before they go and work in the community. That's because our definition of a community hospital, I think, has changed significantly over the last mm -hmm. ten years. So we, uh, we, we prepare our residents to go into fellowships that are more acute, more, uh, sorry, more academic centers. So some will be going into thoracics fellowships. We've had people going into <clears throat> surgical oncology, acute care service fellowships, breast oncology fellowships, the gamut. And we do have residents going directly into community practice, uh, not doing another fellowship, uh, but just moving directly into community practice. So it's, I would say that, it's six, currently at 60% fellowship-based and the remainder community practice. We also look very closely at your elective blocks during your fourth year to really streamline them as to where you think your future career plans lie. It's very important. So this year, for example, we had a resident go through um, the, obstet the obstetrics program um, in, in preparation for doing some obstetrics. Um, so... We're quite flexible in in that um, in that regard, and I think also, as you alluded to, because we're a very small center, even if you don't, you're not in the obstetrical program, you will probably know the residents will probably know everybody in the obstetrical program, and so therefore, getting um, advice, being able to slip you into that program for a period of time, is usually relatively easy. That's fantastic. Um, how many residents typically do you take a year? It's variable. We have a mixed, uh, sort of a mixed interest in residents. So we'll take occasionally take a foreign uh, funded uh, graduate. Um, we have three guaranteed uh, Canadian funding funded positions every year. Um, and then we have a fourth uh, that comes around sort of every two or three years. So, so currently this year we're taking four Canadian uh, graduates. The um, and that I would say is is the average uh, around four because sometimes we'll have residents transfer into our program, etc. So it's around four for a year, and we have around 120 applicants a year for the program for the spot positions. Right. Um, you know, I've come to to enjoy and appreciate the city of Kingston myself, and and kind of all it has to offer, and and appreciate what a lovely place it is, but. Maybe tell, for anyone who hasn't been to Kingston before, what is Kingston like and what is the city like and what is uh, what do the surrounding areas have to offer? So I'm a great Kingston fan, having lived here for a long time and then moved away and came back. Uh, Kingston has a lot to offer. So uh, outside of the city of Kingston, if you like hiking, sailing, 
canoeing, kayaking, you can do all of those things. Um, it's a big joke that you can leave your call room and go sit in your canoe on the, the lake within five minutes. I haven't actually done that myself. Um, so paddle boarding, all of those things. Um, like I just take my paddle board five minutes down the road and plop it in. Um, so that all of those things are very, very much available. The city of Kingston is is relatively small compared to most other cities. Uh, and I think many of our faculty and residents will say, uh, compared to the size, we have very, very good restaurants. And downtown is fantastic. Like last night when I drove home, people were skating. You know, it took me five minutes from the hospital to get to the skating rink uh, where I fell flat on my face, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and so uh, all the amenities, you know, if you're a family, there's everything in Kingston that you need. Uh, the uh, schools are great, different languages, culture is good. Um, there's uh, the Grand Theatre. So you have lots of lots of things to keep you entertained. The other good thing, I think, is that Kingston is actually much closer to Ottawa and Montreal than people think. So it's really a two minute drive to the Ottawa airport, two and a half minute drive, two and a half, sorry, two and a half minute, two hour drive to Ottawa, two and a half to Montreal, and a little bit more to Toronto. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo all the things that you said, and it's uh, it's been a lovely place to come to know. Uh, so just in closing, and thank you again for, for your time and, and really all the work that you do for the General Surgery Residency Program, I, I don't think uh, people really realize all the work that goes into being a program director and the, the dedication that it takes. So, so thank you for doing that. Um, what Do you have any advice for the prospective applicant, uh, specifically, let's say, for Queen's? But perhaps more generally, uh, going into this CARMS cycle, any advice that you'd give uh, to applicants in terms of approaching their interview and perhaps even making the decision to go into their and uh, their residency program or making their rank list? So as I have always said to my children, to my residents, stay calm under pressure. It will all work out. <laughs> um, and uh, present yourself. I always say um, in your interviews, I, I think that's that's the main thing. Stay calm under pressure and it will all go well. The thing that you need to know, it doesn't matter whatever program you choose, wherever you go, general surgery is a hard program. You will have to work hard. You need to be resilient. You need to look towards the future. And you need to know that you are going into a fantastic profession it might take you time to settle in, but at the end of it, you will know that you've done the right thing. You've been listening to Cold Steel, the official podcast of the Canadian Journal of Surgery. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. We love to hear your thoughts, comments, and feedback. So send us an email podcast.cjs at gmail.com or tweet at us at camjsurge. Thanks again.